Hi, welcome to the show, Take It From Tony. And I am Tony. Well, I told you the story about my mother. Let me tell you about George. The only man Rosemary ever loved. Now, when they met, I mean, they met in a paper, a paper factory where they were making plates and different things. And we're going back to the probably the late 1940s, okay? And George was already married to one of the women that worked at the plant, Mapes Paper Factory. And they were having troubles within their marriage. Um, and that whole thing was just like, not good. They did have a daughter. And, um, but that wife in particular was a real bitch. So eventually they did get divorced. Rosemary was working at the paper factory and George kind of pursued Rosemary. Well, eventually they got married and they got married, uh, probably a couple of years after George divorced his first wife. Little did we know that was going to be the first of nine, well, 12 marriages, because he married my mother three times. Anyways, we move forward in the story. Um, they were married, and it was about a year, and they had me. But George wasn't the sort of man that was like your typical nine to five. His father owned a bar in East Chicago, and George would help him in the bar, which encouraged his drinking quite a bit at a young age. So after I was born, George was around for about a year. And then one day, Rosemary woke up with a note on the pillow that said, here's $20. You can raise Tony. Yep. And off he went. Well, he joined the army. Apparently, he was involved in what they called at the time the syndicate, which is kind of like the mafia, but not as cutthroat. I don't know. I might be totally wrong. But anyway, he went off to the army. Rosemary went and divorced him. And we moved in with my grandmother, who owned a restaurant in Black Oak, which is part of Gary, Indiana. And she had a greasy spoon called the R&K Grill. And she was open from 6 in the morning until 2 in the afternoon. All the truck drivers would come in. And that's where I kind of grew up. So my grandmother sold the restaurant probably when I was about 8 years old. And she owned two houses about a block away that my grandfather had built. Anyway, we moved in there. Rosemary was, you know, she wanted the glamour life. She wanted um, more than what she had. Let's just say that. All of this is definitely in the book I wrote. So as time went on and I grew up and we lived on Stevenson Street in Black Oak, Rosemary got a job. Um, as a bartender, which was good. Um, 
And she was happy with that. She was in her element for sure. Well, George would be calling her. He ended up going off to Vietnam. In the meantime, George got married, I'm not sure, maybe three more times to Asian women. Either they were Japanese or Korean. But George had this thing that he liked to marry the women before they were completely Americanized, because then they would go and cater to him. Well, I heard there was a brother in Japan. Apparently, he married a woman there who was the daughter of some higher-up Japanese man. And when George left her, um, whatever happened then, he was not allowed into Japan again, because probably he would get killed. But during this whole time, he remained in the army. And he's calling Rosemary and saying how much he loves her, and he wants to go and die in her arms. Rosemary believed everything. Well, at some point, he did come back. He showed up looking very handsome in his army suit, and he and Rosemary got married for a second time. With tons of promises, she married him, and that lasted probably two months. She was cooking dinner one day, and he was cutting the grass, and she went out to call him for dinner, and he was gone, and the lawnmower was still running. Well, that caused a whole nervous breakdown for Rosemary. George went right back into the Army. I don't think he ever left the Army, actually. So at that point, he, uh, Rosemary went and divorced him. My grandmother sat right by Rosemary's bedside while she cried and cried and cried. Well, probably another few years went by. And as I got older, I was diagnosed with scoliosis. Uh, my spine was curved 60 degrees. My heart and lungs were starting to crush. And that surgery during that time was very barbaric. Now, I'm not going to get into it on this show. This show is about George. Anyway, the Army paid for my surgery, but it had to be done in Chicago. And Rosemary um, got a hotel room in Chicago. And the doctors asked me if I would like to have my father there. They would make a phone call to the Red Cross and he was in Vietnam at the time. So, of course, at that age, yeah, you know, please have my father come. Well, he showed up for my second surgery. He came in sobbing and crying, threw himself across me, and just, you know, he said, Tony, you know, no one's ever going to love you. You're going to be a cripple. You tell a 12-year-old that when they're in a body cast, not too cool. Anyway, George was there for the second surgery. I don't know if that was a big help or not. I don't think it really was. 
But he and Rosemary were off at the hotel room. Days and days went by. I didn't see them. Then finally he left and went back to Vietnam. And, oh, no, 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 no. That's when they got married again for the third time, which I didn't know that. That was why they were gone so much. Anyway, Rosemary showed up one day without George and said, honey, your dad and I got married again. Okay, that was the third time. Well, he went back to Vietnam and there was no word from him. Nothing, absolutely nothing. Rosemary was going through another nervous breakdown and she divorced him again through the army. Now, as the years went on and I developed my career and, you know, I think I mentioned, you know, I became a model. I lived at the Playboy Mansion with Hugh Hefner and all the girls. You know, my life, I kind of pulled away from Gary, Indiana um, and got on to another life. So in the meantime, you know, I was making a little money and Rosemary was in, in Indiana. She was a bartender until they closed the bar and had to go back to a factory to work. Well, that went into a depression for her. So George, after a year or two, start calling her. In the meantime, he had a couple marriages, but now we're going back to George telling her that he loves her. He wants to die in her arms. And again, she believes him. Well, as the years went on, I realized the only thing that would make my mother happy is to fly to Honolulu, where he had retired. Now, at the time, he was married to his eighth wife. Yeah. No, was it nine? No, his eighth wife, which was Fujiko. Now, before that, he was married to a Korean lady, Gladys. And one day, he came home from the military base in Honolulu to Gladys and walked in with Fujiko. And he said, can I marry her and leave you? I mean, point blank. Gladys looked at Fujiko and said, I came into this marriage with $5,000. You give me $5,000, you can have him. So Fujiko got the money together and George packed his bag and left with Fujiko. Gladys, of course, divorced George. In the meantime, they bought a condo um, not too far from Fort DeRussi in Oahu, and he was with the 25th Infantry Division. So he and Gladys were there, and about that time, I decided to take Rosemary to Oahu. We got a hotel room. We were on Waikiki Beach. I let George know we were there. Of course, he showed up on the beach. Um sat with Rosemary. She was angry. She was hurt. I just went into the water. And George invited us over to his condo 
for lunch. So we would go to the condo. Gla- uh, Fujiko was making lunch. She was so good to Rosemary. I mean, she had Rosemary's coffee. She bought Rosemary a carton of cigarettes, which were Pall Mall unfiltered. And George and Rosemary sat on the sofa holding hands. And I'm sitting there, and I can't believe Fujiko is putting up with this. Well, we made seven trips to Oahu. And each trip was the same way. Rosemary had a smile on her face. She was as happy as could be. Her and George would sneak off. I don't know if they had sex or what, but uh, Fujiko called me one day and said, Oh, Tony's son, if your father no want to come home, he can spend the night with Rosemary. I said, no way that's happening. Uh Uh-uh, no way. So that's kind of how that whole thing went. So after seven trips to Oahu, George, um, well, I should say Fujiko, called my mother on one Easter Sunday. And Rosemary called me. I was living in Manhattan. Calls me, says, hi, honey. Happy Easter, happy Easter. Oh, by the way, your father died. And Fujiko called me. She would like you to call her. And it was so matter of fact. I said, all right, I'll call Fujiko. So I call Fujiko and she goes, oh, Tony, Tony's son. You call all the wives. You tell them your father dead. Well, apparently what happened, well, I told her I would. I had a few phone numbers of the wives. So apparently George was watching a movie on a Sunday afternoon, having a can of beer, smoking his Pall Mall, finished the movie. It was about six o'clock in the evening. He spoke perfect Japanese. In fact, he spoke seven different languages. And he called the ambulance to come pick him up. Told Fujiko he was going to the hospital. She didn't know what was going on. Apparently at the time, she was developing dementia. And it was pretty bad. But I didn't know that. So George calls the ambulance. They arrive at the condo. He gets in. He sits in the front seat. He talks to the ambulance driver all the way there. Gets in the hospital, lays down on the stretcher, and dies. Just died. And all I could think to myself was, well, he had it his way, that's for sure. So, in the meantime, Fujiko asks me if I'm coming to the island. I said, no, there's no reason for me to come to the island. So she couldn't really, I mean, I didn't speak. Japanese, and I thought, well, I need to get a hold of George's good friend, Skip, who lived not too far, and his his wife, Hiroko. So I make a phone call to them, and they tell me, you know, uh, what funeral home he was going to. You know, they gave me the phone number. 
I tried to call the hospital, find out what he died from. He did have cirrhosis of the liver. They say he had colon cancer. I don't know if that was true. Um, he had Agent Orange from his time in Vietnam. So, you know, I really don't know what he died from. Anyway, I start calling the funeral home. Now, let me tell you, when you call a funeral home in Oahu, it was quite funny. I called, I went, well, I called and I hear, Aloha, funeral home, may I help you? So anyway, I explained my story and the woman on the phone, her name was Mrs. Morrison. Oh, Tony, your father's not here yet, but just give a call in a day or two. So I kept calling for about three days and it was the same thing. Aloha, funeral home. Hi, Mrs. Morrison, it's Tony. You know, your stepmother got here, Fujiko. She doesn't speak very good English, does she? I said, no, she doesn't. Well, your father's not here yet. Call a couple more days. Finally. Tony, your father arrived and we're cremating him right now. Now, let me tell you, that made me feel like I wanted to say, well, let me talk to him. I said, okay. Well, Fort Jerusi was looking for a plot to put his ashes in. I didn't know you could put ashes in a plot. Okay. So she says, your stepmother was here and Fujiko wants to take him home for a while. I said, don't let her take him home. She'll swap out the ashes. She says, well, I, you know, I'm going to have to let her. Well, probably about three weeks went by. Oh, oh, first, I did call the wives. Let's go back to that when Fujiko asked me to call the wives. Well, I called the first wife. And her words to me were, about time that son of a bitch died. Okay. So there was no love lost there. But you have to remember, all the wives throughout the years when George got remarried, they all came down with depression. They all laid in bed. Um, I called another wife. She cried and cried. And then I made a phone call to Gladys, who didn't live too far from George and, Fu and Fujiko. And so I called Gladys and I said, you know, George is dead. Are you sure, she said. Are you really sure he's dead? Are you sure he's not pretending? How 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 can you be so sure? I said, well, you know, I spoke to the funeral home and spoke to his friends. And, you know, they all seem to think he's dead and he was cremated. She said, well, I'm going to drive by the condo. I said, okay, you can do whatever. She said, are you coming to the island? I said, no, I'm not. Well, I thought that was quite funny. After I made my phone calls, I called my mother. I said, well, I called the wives. <laughs> First words to me were, did they ask about me? Were they concerned about me and how I was feeling? And I, you know, I had all I could do from cracking up laughing. I said, no, no one asked about you. 
oh, well, you know, Fujiko could come and live with me. And I'm thinking, oh, hell to the no. Oh, no. I said, well, that's a very nice offer, but I think Fujiko is much better off in Oahu. So eventually, Fujiko did take George home. Now, from what I heard from her friends, Skip and Hiroko, she would wash his clothes every day. She would iron his clothes. She set him up on the Buddha shrine. Um, and then finally, Fort Jerusi found a plot for him. Well, I call the funeral home. Now at this point, Mrs. Morrison and I have become very good friends. And I said, Mrs. Morrison, what's going on? Well, they're going, they found a plot at the cemetery and um, they're going to do a 21 gun salute. And, uh, you know, I guess they were going to do it like within a few days. I said, well, Mrs. Morrison, I'd like to send flowers or something. And she laughed hysterically. She said, Tony, you're going to send flowers to us in Oahu? She said, I'll tell you what, save your money. I'll go pick a flower and I'll, you know, I'll put it on the grave. I said, okay, fine. So apparently at, at the funeral, Skip, Hiroko, and Fujiko were the only ones there. They did do a 21-gun salute. Um, and that was it. That, that was it. George had it his way all the way. What can I tell you? So I made a phone call to my sister from the first marriage. And her words to me were, what did we get? I said, we got a flag and a bullet. Well, we got 21 bullets. Well, actually, we got the shell casings. She said, a flag and a bullet. I said, yep, that's it. Well, of course, you know, she says, well, I don't want the flag. And I didn't really want the flag. And George was laid to rest. I did get the flag. I did get the bullets. And that was all we got. Now, he's laid to rest. So in Rosemary's story, this is why my cousin Polly and I were sure when Rosemary got lost in the mail that she was heading right to Hawaii, that, that that's where she was going. And like I said in that show, I would have called Skip and Hiroko and said, you know what, sprinkle her on top of George. <laughs> so, you know... People look at death differently. People tend to, you know, I mean, they need closure or they're sad and depressed or whatever. But, you know, each life is different and each person handles it completely differently. For me, for me I realized years ago that I was basically on my own. And I knew George and Rosemary should have never had children. They lived in their own world. They were very selfish people. But my mother was starved for love. And George, I, 
I don't know. He just married one woman after another. But I could say, because he married Rosemary three times, she was his favorite. In the end, you know, both of them are at peace. When Rosemary died, all I could think about was, she's happy now. She can be with George. She can be with my grandmother. She's happy now. And George, whether he's with Rosemary or the other wives or whatever, he did things his way. And you know what? The old saying, you're born alone, you die alone. Well, George did it his way. And I find it very humorous. Um, you know, I survived both of them. That's saying a lot. And all I can say is, you know, it all depends on the individual and how you look at death. Do you believe in life after death? I do. Um, you might not. I know a lot of people think when you die, you die. So, you know what? Go with what feels right to you. Go with your gut. And on that note, please do write in. And all the show, all my information is on the show notes. So until then, until the next show, have a good day. Bye.